0: You're
1: listening to Griefcast with me, Carrie Ad Lloyd. How do we grieve for someone? How does it change and evolve as we get older? My dad died when I was 15, and it took me many, many years to be able to express what I had gone through. So I decided to create Griefcast, a chance to talk, share and laugh about the weirdness of grief and death. But with comedians, so it's not that depressing, I promise. Each time, I talk to a different comedian about their own personal experience of grief, as we remember someone that they have lost along the way. Whether it was a long time ago, or you've just joined the club, this is a chance to talk about the peculiar human process of death. Welcome to Griefcast.
0: Upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
1: Thank you for listening. If you enjoy the show, please do rate, review, and subscribe. It really does help more people find us and enables me to keep making them. So if you do get something out of these cheery chats about death and want to say thank you, that is a great way of doing it. Also, we have been nominated for two British Podcast Awards, which means we are also eligible for the Listener's Choice. So if you would like to vote for Griefcast, simply head to the British Podcast Awards website and click the Listener's Choice vote button. And then uh, vote for us, please. Or vote for any of your favourite podcasts, really. Just, um, you know, get involved. This week, I'm talking to writer and actor Frogstone. Frog has appeared in an array of TV comedies, including Peep Show, Fresh Meat, Extras, as well as writing and starring in her own comedy drama for BBC4, Bucket, with Miriam Margulies. Frog came in to talk to me about her dad, who died in 2014. Welcome to Griefcast. I'm here today with writer and actor Frog Stone. Hello. Hi. Hi, how
2: are you? I'm, I'm great. You've got two cups of tea. I know, which will hopefully give a sort of sense of urgency <laughs> <laughs> as they pass through me That's towards a- the end. <laughs> oh, I
1: see. Yeah, as we get near the end. Mm. I'm mainly using mine to warm up. I'm so cold. I've got quite a big bladder,
2: though, apparently. Have you? Mm. How do you know that? I, don't, I do know that, though. Yeah, because you said it confidently, like, yeah. I've got a big body. Well, I also have, just from various medical things, oh. um, I also have a very slow heart rate. This is true. Oh. And People always go, in a hospital situation yeah. with doctors, they go, oh, do you do a lot of exercise? I'm like, oh. no. And they said, you must like, run marathons or something, because this wow. heart is so strong and so slow. <laughs> and I'm like, hmm. And I had um. Last, um what do you call them when they knock you out? Anesthetic. Oh yeah, yeah. Had a general anesthetic, oh, yeah. and then when I came round, you know, they're sort of checking everything's okay. Yeah. And you know, it's so weird when you come round from that. You're sort of going, oh, I'm awake. Yeah, yeah. Because you have no memory of the time in between, uh, unlike yeah. sleep. It's very strange. And then they sort of put on the B P B to check, thing, yeah. and practically crash team comes running in, and I'm like, no, no, it, that just is how slow it is. <laughs> this beep. Be, they have wow. to get me to drink water and all sorts and move around to get it going. So who are we remembering today? I guess we're remembering my dad. Your dad, okay. Yeah. So when did your dad die? So it's nearly four years ago. Okay. Not quite. And um, the short version, because obviously we're, we're going to go into this, but <laughs> yeah. to, to welcome people in. So my father, uh, he he had cancer and it was basically three months from start to finish of that wow. official diagnosis. Yeah. What cancer did he Well, have? it was lung cancer. Yeah. And there's the thing. So my grandfather had lung cancer. I didn't really know him. Mm. I mean, he's a sort of interesting figure. Um, like his real name was Joshua Solomon, Emmanuel Finkelstein. <laughs> but he went by the name of Sid Stone. Um, and I didn't really, you know, he died when I was really young. But mm. I remember that because it was the first death right yeah yeah but I wasn't sad because I didn't know him mm-hmm. and I was probably about five or six when he died right. and I remembered I didn't go to funeral, anything like this but I knew that he'd had lung cancer this was the thing um and then when my dad got ill and the sort of circumstances in my relation to that are quite complicated we hadn't really spoken for about four years oh, wow. um and he'd sort of got ill and a sort of phone call went round and um, I was like, I'm going to have to go and see for myself what this is. Yeah. And everybody was quite... Well, everybody. So my mother and my brother were a little bit more... Well, who knows? I mean, the doctors think this or the doctors think that, whatever. Anyway, they'd sort of said that it might be a liver or pancreatic yeah. or something. he right. said, it, And I went up and I saw him and I was like... Mm, that. You know, when you look at somebody and you go, the yeah. shadow of death is upon you. Yeah. It was so clear to me... And I don't think it was to anybody else. Or they thought maybe it was going to be cancer that was treatable. You know, that maybe that's because here. you
1: hadn't seen him for a while as well. So you were able to sort of be like, oh, I, "You
2: look very ill compared to the last time I saw you." I think so, but I also think that I have a different relationship to facts and truth. Right, <laughs> anyone <laughs> in my family, maybe. Yeah, and that was something that always separated me from them i sort of said, well, what's I need all the facts. I sort of can't bear it when people give you half a finished conversation. Yeah, and yeah. I say this to my partner at home as well. I was like, no, tell me exactly what was said, yeah. and then I can interpret it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rather than what you think. I need, I need to know what was said. And so the doctors had said, all, and yeah, it's probably liver or something, but that was secondary, I think, in the end. Right. And he'd been talking about having a bad back, and I was like, well, it'll be lung cancer then, won't it? Because that will make complete sense. Because wow. he looked very like my grandfather mm. in my memory. And I look very like my dad, and there was that thing of going, of course, it'll be, it'll be that weird genetic thing, yeah, and yeah. it'll be for me next, you know. In that, again, that's the <laughs> Those Jewish side of it. Just like, oh get. God, it's like this thing. Yeah, because he had smoked back in the day, like but he hadn't smoked for a good thirty years. Right, I think he yeah. stopped smoking around when I was born, maybe. So thirty, I'm, I'm being <laughs> kind. More like oh, was 35 years, I guess. Yeah, and yeah. Um, because he'd had pneumonia. It was a big sort of story because he'd been a massive smoker mm. and had been thin and then just stopped like that wow. and got really fat and drank instead. day. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so he had lung cancer and, and then... But by the point it was all discovered, it was all over. Right. But then it turned out he'd been to the doctor in the summer. This was near Christmas. He'd been to the doctor in the summer at, and he never used to go to the doctor. And they, some locum had sort of sent them away and said, oh, do some exercise or you're old, kind of thing. Right. And I think my, both of my parents and, and my brother as well sort of thought that if you get cancer, you'll end up doing treatment oh. and maybe you'll have a few years. Yeah. Because sort of everybody else I know whose parents got cancer... I mean, obviously, I know your circumstances are different listening to the podcast. Then they sort of had treatment yeah. and then they got a bit better Then they got worse. It, yeah,
1: that's more common, is that it's normally like, oh, yeah, they're having chemo and we're seeing what happens. But yeah, unfortunately, there are a few of us in the club of. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> like, and it
2: is a club, as you yeah. talk about. You don't know until yeah. it happens to you. Yeah. And then I have, you know, you look to other people and you go, well, he won't know. Mm. And then they join the club and you're like, yeah, mm, welcome. Yeah, <laughs> welcome. I'm
1: sorry, but also welcome. Yes, because so, now you
2: know the thing that couldn't be known. Yeah, that's it. it.
1: It cannot be explained beforehand, unfortunately. A bit like, as we talk about as well, like having a child as oh. you're about to have. Yeah, very double. Very soon, double. Don't do things by halves or <laughs> singles. We've got twins on the way. Yeah, and it's hard to explain that. It's just, yeah, it's hard to explain until... We, so, it, lung cancer and it's spread everywhere. Uh-huh. And so you go back to see him. And so you said you hadn't spoken to him for four years. Mm. Did this illness suddenly make you go, right, Okay, we need to sort this out?
2: Um, Yes. And then we didn't. Oh, okay. So So what what happened happened was, well, basically, I mean, it felt like his death was very, very quick. But it also felt like it sort of accelerated and then plateaued slightly. Right. Um, And that was incredibly difficult. And so what happened? I hadn't really spent not very close to them and they weren't so kind. And my dad was really not very kind. And uh and just a sort of complicated person. I think the the have you seen I Tonya? Yes, I have. <laughs> right. So brilliant you, film. <laughs> it is a totally brilliant film. Yeah. And Tonya's uh mother mm. and her critical uh, voice that like yeah. my dad was you know the opposite of a cheerleader. Whatever you yeah. do was not good enough.
1: Yeah, there's an amazing scene in the film where someone is really shouting at Tonya and like, like You're shit, you're never gonna do this, this yeah. is your awful as she's about to do something and then there's you realise the mum has actually paid someone. Yeah. She's like, she needs she needs someone to hate her so she'll work harder. You yeah. Know that.
2: Except that wasn't my dad's motivation, yeah. I don't oh, okay. think he was he was bipolar and lots of complicated right. things. Um and I think he was ultimately a very Frustrated, angry man, mm. but he very much, you know, the thing that your worst fear about something, or like, ah, oh, I wasn't, ah, oh, just wasn't that good. He would say it, right. and he wouldn't say it in order that I would try harder, mm. and without being too much of a a boast. There's plenty of things I've done very well. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like you know, an exam results and all those kind of things, and he'd be like, ah. and it would maybe go. Why are you so critical? So there was that. And then there was a bit of a fallout around um, my wedding. And I just, like, I can't really do that. I just can't. Mm. And the best way to resolve this, slash the family way, is to not talk about it. Right. Whereas my parents would always sort of, and my family would carry on as if nothing was wrong. Right. Whereas I found that just too... Uh, stifling and frustrating, so yeah. I would prefer to leave the room, as it were. So I kind of did. Now, I wasn't not in touch at all. I sort of maintained being in touch, but I hadn't spoken to my brother at all, because wow. he was sort of the villain of the piece in some ways at one particular moment. But, you know, that's just families, isn't it? You yeah. have these fallouts. Four and so I didn't really speak to them, and I didn't see them, and I hadn't been to my home town or my my home since... God, I think sort a dreadful nightmarish uh, abortive Christmas visit, let's say in 2007 maybe, and so this was yeah 2014. so it's been quite a long time. Yeah, um so things were not great. No, they weren't great at all. <clears throat> yeah. but I never spoke to. Them. It's not like I had any sort of, yeah, hey, we'll talk about things relationship with yeah. any of them. And I always felt like the odd one out. and yeah. I was the younger one by six years and and I always think, I was sort of felt I was born into this family. After it already had its honeymoon period and it all sort of gone a bit wrong. And then yeah. there I was. But I was very like my dad. I have a very short temper. And he was quite clever. I mean, he was a smart guy, actually. So often he would be incredibly frustrated with idiots. Mm. And that I was like, yeah. I mean, me yeah, too. I get you. I and get I got you. that. So it wasn't, we went sort of completely different in that way. But we hadn't really spoken. Um, and it's towards the end of 2013. So... There was a message, and I think my brother got in touch, and he had sort of defriended me on Facebook, etc. Cetera, et cetera. <laughs> and then he sort of reached out and, and and sent this sort of message, and I was like, right, well, because when bad things happen, mm. they're so real that you have to engage in them. So I was like, okay, well, what what do you mean? And I so wanted it not to be true, you know, yeah. that thing of going. Please let this not be true, because now we're going to have to resolve everything. <laughs> yeah, now we're on a time a timer. Yeah, there's this complete time <clears throat> limit to to sort everything out. And I, but I just was so angry, though. I felt even more resentful. I think, I think a lot of people, including myself, might have thought that if you have a a, a difficult relationship, but you're pretty much you're not close, mm. that the, the the experience of death and grief would be. Easier, because, yeah. like I thought with my grandfather, well, I remember him dying. I don't really know him, so, mm, you know. But it, it for me, it just wasn't. It was just like a proper traumatic experience. Yeah, I d- unfortunately, I don't think the lack of closeness does allow...
1: Yeah, I can see, like, you'd think logically, oh, well, I'm not close to them, therefore I'll, I'll be less sad. Oh. But, it, yeah, it just doesn't work, because you're sort of angry that you're not close to them, I think. Well,
2: or- I, I think it's sort of... I mean, because it couldn't talk about things, because it wasn't possible. And then what happened was, so I pitch up and I sort of turn up at the house and I'm like, oh. And I always do feel when I turn up at that particular house that, you know, I'm like Damien pulling up outside a church in the omen. (laughs) and It's like, ah. And I, I sort of went in. That was one best behaviour, because I just wanted to see, and I didn't want to start any sort of route, and I didn't that time. And I went in, and I just went, oh, God, yeah, the shadow of death is upon you. Mm. And he'd lost quite a lot of weight and looked grey. I was like, well, you know, we'll see, we'll see. And I was like, "No." no. And because of that, and then my mother was in a bit of a bad mood about the whole thing. Um, that she was having to do all sorts of stuff with him, and then he couldn't really go upstairs. And they have one of those tall sort of seventies, eighties houses, you know, the garage in the bottom, oh, and, then, yeah, uh, yeah. and so he wasn't being able, to, he wasn't able to go upstairs to sleep. So he was on the sofa, which was yeah. a mistake because the the carpets in this house were so threadbare and weird that it was begging for an accident, which then yeah. did happen. Oh. So he fell over a couple of times. And he was, there was some sort of agreement with my mother that she wasn't to move him and wasn't to make him do any of this sort of stuff. And I was like, this is a stupid agreement. Yes. And actually, there was room in this house that they could have made a bedroom downstairs and made yeah, it all possible. Yeah. It just adapted to what was happening. Yeah. But again, this, <laughs> is me, this was the thing where I turned up and going, right, well, here's how you problem solve this. This is yeah. what you do. This is what they do. And like, oh, you always think you know better. And I'm like, because I do. <laughs> because I actually do in this yeah. situation. Let me help you. Um, like we could do this, we could do that to sort it all out, but it wasn't done. And he then fell over again, and they had, my mum had to call an ambulance because he'd broken his pelvis. I think basically, oh, oh. Um, because of course it spread to his bones yeah. already by this point. So then he was taken into hospital. So I think I'd gone up. I went up every weekend actually, but well, I couldn't always stay in the house for complicated reasons. So that was, and it's a long way to Preston. The train is actually only two and a half hours. But um, it's really expensive. (laughs) And sometimes I would drive, which is about, you know, five hours. But it was better to get that. And I always went up on my own because it's like I need that sort of time. Yeah, to like prepare yourself. And I turned up and he was in hospital. And I think I had been told I had to clear out my childhood bedroom because obviously me saying you need to sort this house out had suddenly meant that my room, which was perfectly orderly <laughs> and not the room anybody would be going into, yeah. was the one. So I did do that and I chucked away everything. I was like, oh God, I just found everything. I was like, throw it all in the bin because I just wanted everything to be gone, mm. I think. Which was obviously me going, right, I'm going to take charge of this. Yeah. If, if somebody's going to die, then I'm throwing everything away <laughs> and I'm in charge of this new stuff. But then I went to visit him in hospital. And he'd been apparently incredibly upset and sort of cried when he was sort of taken out of the house because he knew he was never going to come back. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, I suppose is very strange because... So my, my dad would always do things where he would start something and never finish it. Right. Which is a quality I absolutely don't have. <laughs> I have to see everything through to the end. Yeah. But I think he's moved into that house in 1982. And I don't remember living anywhere else. I was a baby... Not a baby, but a toddler. And he'd started building a patio... I mean, that never got finished. <laughs> never, ever wow. finished. And he would take up random hobbies, um, like sailing a boat. I and mean, he's on a teacher mean, like, come on. So boats and yachts and then horses. He yeah. owned a few racehorses right. by the end of the... <laughs> and spread did a lot of betting and sort yeah. of got himself into some financial troubles. And so I think he just couldn't believe that there really was this time limit. Yeah. But it was very much happening. So he went into hospital... And that was all a bit awkward. And everybody then is just so... The stress makes everybody kick off. And I was angry. I was like, I hate hospitals, obviously. Who likes them? This is too stressful. I sort of can't stand it. And I'm also so annoyed that this has happened because if you'd done what I said you should have done, <laughs> and nobody wants to hear that. That's yeah. a massive row yeah, yeah. erupt. And it's also because, I think this is me, I think it's probably my whole family, when you're upset it just comes out in the first instance as rage mm. because you, you're expressing And it's difficult frustrations. if you've got a lot of
1: people like that, I guess, because I'm the same. I have a short temper. My dad had a really short temper, but my mum and brother don't. Ah. So I think it's quite, you need a couple to kind of like soothe it So it's quite good that even though I I do miss having like a fiery, (laughs) what, sparring partner, but it does mean when I have a stressful rage reaction, I met with almost water of two people being like, Well, I don't see why you're that upset. It's okay. Think about this. And you don't meet more fire, which is like, Is that good, though? I do, Yeah, I do think it's good. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's hugely frustrating. Yeah. (laughs) Because sometimes what you want is more people to be like, you're right, this is awful, let's kick off. Yes. But I think it also gives you that... Because the thing with the hot temper is you do... Sometimes it's very useful to have five seconds thinking time. And that's sort of what they give you, because they're like, do you really? Why are you that angry? And you think... Oh, why am I that angry? Yeah. And sometimes you think, because I fucking need to be. Or you go, yes, no, you're right. I'm, I have no idea.
2: <laughs> well, like, Cicely, my partner, always just says, please, in every situation, just count to ten. Because yeah. she's much more sort of sanguine and
1: yeah. she gets
2: angry and all sorts of things, but just generally is a bit more rational. And the problem is I... I am, and this is again something I get from my dad. I'm very quick. Mm. So I get things quickly and I get angry quickly and I'm I get things same. wrong quickly. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's, just, it's like your my brain's it's so fast, which is sometimes brilliant yeah. and sometimes the most shitty thing that can happen. Because I've done the whole loop. I've yeah. gone through every possible so when people go, but what if and I'm like, oh, I thought about that ten minutes ago and dismissed it. Of course that's a stupid idea. <laughs> Don't tell me we could do this downstairs. I've
1: already worked out three years in advance, why that's a bad idea. Yes. I'm having an argument with you, three years in advance.
2: Yeah. And you know, I did the dimensions of this room yeah. and I can tell you that won't work etc. So one of those things, but in different ways. My, I mean, my brother and I are so different. So, so different. His temper is not quite the same as, as mine. He doesn't, and I can't speak for how he processes things, I don't yeah. know, but he's not quite the same. But he and my mum were quite tight and I just wasn't. And I was easy, one thing was I was very much, I was kind of happy to be cast as that, as the black sheep scapegoat. So n- normally everything was my fault and I'm mm. like, fine. So I'll just go then because you're not my people. I'll go yeah. and find my people. But I think my brother was so shocked by the whole thing. He was then being in touch, and I was like, I can't, you know. And I was like, Mum is mad. And she is maddening because she wasn't really dealing with it. And also, she did have a sort of like, oh, well, this is all awful for me sort of thing. It's mm. a bit like, mm, you are <laughs> equally responsible for this whole situation in some ways. Of course, she wasn't. Um, but then, so then from the hospital, they put him in hospice. Right. And the thing was, it was a bit like, you could still sort out the house. Surely that would be the right thing yeah, to do. Yeah. It just seemed to me that that would be the right thing to do, but it wasn't done, and he was put in this hospice, and he was very angry about being in the hospice. Hospices are wretched places. Well, oh, some,
1: yeah, some are. Some are beautiful, but it really, yeah, it can be. lucky the, the, the place door. was, yeah.
2: But you know, <sighs>
1: well, it's where you go. It depends where you go, I guess, because it really is where people go to die. Yeah, and if you're not quite at the bit. You know, people often go there the last week of their life, and if he, if you're a bit ahead of that, yes, yeah, it must be fucking awful.
2: That was the thing. So he was actually in there for a month, maybe, oh, and yeah. so I think he'd got to the point where he was like <laughs> so ill he couldn't go anywhere else, mm. but not dead yet. Yeah. So maybe he shouldn't be there, which was a bit complicated. And at one point they were talking about, well, maybe he will just live for a little bit longer, and they'll put him in some sort of care home. And I was like, oh. Could sort out the house but that was never going to be done and my mum doesn't drive oh wow um and they had very fixed roles yeah yeah and and so obviously my dad did drive so she was having to get the bus there and then i'd turn up and i'd take and my brother would go all the time to visit him but we didn't i mean you know so the first time i went to the hospice i was so so stressed out I felt my sort of blood boiling because I was like oh there's so many things I'm so angry about mm. and I must now behave because I'm in a place where people are dying yeah. and then I was walking through the hospice and there was a person I guess my age there You passed I passed by a oh. room and I, I sort of found that unbearably upsetting yeah. Yeah. Because you sort of go, oh, old people who've, you know, had yeah, some you innings. S- you sort of want it to be a room full of old people, but, yeah, of course it isn't. That's not... <laughs> yeah. And then I got to the room, and I can't remember what my mother had been irritating me about. I think she'd been off at church, actually, and I think I just decided to get irritated about that because I always would want my mother to justify any opinion she ever had. <laughs> and she never could or thought never thought she had to. Yeah. And so we'd had some squabble about something. And then my dad would, because, so he sort of, he'd be depressed... And I was always very angry at him for being depressed because I suffer from it too. But he always, when I remember sort of saying, and he just laughed at me because Mm. his depression was far more important and his rage and kicking off, which is how he sort of manifested it a lot of the time, that was fine. Um, And I was so angry about that that I knew that I sort of wanted to, I suppose I sort of wanted to say that was really bad. You were a really bad parent for quite Mm. a lot of the time. You were terrifying, you did really bad things. And now you have to be sorry for it yeah. because then it'll be okay. Yeah. But he wasn't. He was so angry and he just sort of kicked off and he was like, fuck off from the hospice and stuff.
1: And it's be hard like, because oh. the thing is, again, like you said, people don't just change because they're dying. And the same, like, you, you don't change because your dad is dying. Like, this, yeah. like, wanting to be calm and zen. It's like, but if you're not calm and zen about no. anything in life, like, <laughs> like why, well, you know, like, I remember... Um, you know, when my dad was in the hospital, I went out for a fag because I was smoking at the time. And it's like, and people are like, oh, how, how could you do it? Like, well, one, it was extremely stressful. And two, I smoked. So uh-huh. what did I do? In str- I went and smoked again. Like your yeah. life, it's very easy to think if you haven't been through it, a magic switch occurs and everyone's like, now we know what matters. No, you're still, you're still you. Yeah. <laughs> Just you in a stressful situation. Yeah. So if your dad had been dealt with things in an angry way. Of course, once he's got cancer, he's dealing with it in an angry way. Which, of course,
2: brought out all my anger and yeah. it brought out all my teenage anger. I didn't yeah. behave like a grown-up, you know, 35-year-old. But how can you when you're with your family? No, no I couldn't. Like, you, I don't... No-one behaves like Nobody that. was sort of sharing any sort of... But not that... I mean, it was never like that for me anyway. Yeah. Um, and... I, but also, he would sort of... He still managed, right up until when he was sort of compass-mentors, to say, like... And, um... <sighs> Will you ever do any proper theatre?
1: I just went, oh no. Oh my god! I mean, that's like not... from the
2: hospice bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. I said. But I was like, wouldn't. Do you want to call my agent? Let's have yeah, a chat, please. <laughs> but I was like, well, no. I and mean, also, ah, ah, you need to, yeah. to go, there's another way you haven't understood anything I've done. I've done my own stuff. I've ah, written things, been in loads of stuff, yeah. been in films. Why can, nothing is ever good enough.
1: Yeah, it and wouldn't matter if you were like leader of the RSC, would it? There'd be something else that would be.
2: Well, he would have been very pleased if yeah. I'd been leader of the RSC, which I'm never going to be or yeah. don't want to be. It's yeah, not something yeah. I've pursued. I wouldn't be very good at it. <laughs> but he would be pleased with that. Particularly because then he could come along and say something critical afterwards. Right, like, yeah, Just yeah, to yeah, let yeah, me know yeah. that he it, noticed yeah. that I wasn't that good on that scene the, or... Yeah, the iambic on that was a little... Yeah. Somebody else would have been better in the show. Yeah. That's his classic thing. You go, yes, no, she was very good. You're like, hmm. Mm. <laughs> so it was difficult. Even even from his um, from his literal deathbed, yeah. he wanted to let me know that I wasn't as good as I thought I was and it was always a bit like yes but I don't think I'm that good but then I sort of understood and so what I understood that that's how he felt mm. but I was still so angry about the whole thing that I I mean I went up because I knew I just had to yeah I sort of had to be there and then by the end he couldn't really speak and I would just turn up and I sort of stayed in a like a premiere inn around the corner from the hospice and sort of turned up and went you know, we'd we'll sit in silence, but that was kind of better. Yeah, I sort of liked that ritual of it all being calm because then you can sort of go, "Well, this is just happening now." Yeah, I'm just be. I am just being here, and all the things that you know can be said. But I would go drive home, and I would be, I just, yeah, exhausted. Mm. And, and upset, obviously, and but furious, because that's the way it came out. But it it was grief, and I would sort of just keep thinking, God, I hope this isn't happening. Can this not be true? Can it all... Yeah. Or, OK, all right, we're in the hospice now, so let's just, let's just stop there and let this be the thing. Yeah. And I would cry a lot in the shower every morning to sort of get it out. And I'd have to explain to this, I'd have to say, oh, but it's not for what I'm losing, it's for what I never had. Yeah. And now I'm not going to get. And I think we talk about a lot on the show as well that...
1: It's hard if you uh, like if you're not an angry person. I think it can be hard to understand. Like I am, there's somewhere in my makeup that yeah, my temper is a thing. Like right. my <laughs> my go-to reaction is often anger. Yeah, and I've worked very hard to that not be the case but it's always me working hard that you know what i mean like it's always me being like don't call that person a moron try and understand them but in my head the first reaction is they're fucking moron but they often are they often are they often are (laughs) but we have to learn to accept they are morons and they don't they need our sympathy but i think it's yeah it's it's easy if you're crying for people to help you Mm. it's easy for them to be like oh that's sad." but when you are full of rage rage drives people away It doesn't bring you, it doesn't say help me. (laughs) It makes them go, oh, okay, I'll leave her alone, which often is what you're using it for. It's often why it's there to be like, yeah, stay back. I don't need your help. I'm fine. But it's a very hard emotion to have around something which traditionally or, not traditionally, like I guess the expectations are you should just be sad and this should be like sort of beautific. Yeah. Yeah. So, but of course you're angry. If you had a not great relationship with him and then he's going. Yeah. it's fucking irritating. It That's was, what I used to say. It's like, it's fucking annoying that he, my dad died. Yeah. That's how I feel. Irritated. Yeah, you lost out. Oh. Yeah, why do you do that? <laughs> yeah. Like, like, it is,
2: there is, it's definitely annoying. <laughs> it was, it was just so, but I think the anger as well was about all of those sort of dealing with the upset mm. and uh, disappointment and sort of fury that comes out. And it, it is the case. And then I think around that time, though, I did, as, as you just said, go, well, we must remember, however moronic somebody might mm. be in my path, we don't know what they're going through. And I also think, yeah, I would be really sort of, oh, it was a funny moods, but it's because I was going through something. Like, yeah. I, you know, people don't recognise that. And I do try to remember it now. That is the one thing. And subsequent to his death, though, you know, we'll get to that. I have... Understood him so much more because yeah. I now go, God, he must have felt like this when he was my age. Mm. I think the feelings I have and the way I'm reacting, huh? Ah, so that's why he reacted that way. Not that it's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not a sort of forgiveness as such, but no, an understanding. I yeah. Like, oh, I, feel, I get you now.
1: I feel like that because I feel like I react quite similarly to him. And even though my brother is quite similar to him, he doesn't react like him. So often my brother will say things like, God, why did you do that? And I think, I know why he did that. Because that's what I would do. It's not correct. It's not Mm. helpful. It's stupid. But I do understand the makeup that goes, that'll be a good idea. (laughs) So, yeah, I think if you can, it is helpful sometimes if you do have a similar personality, which can often cause problems when they're alive. Because I don't have that. We didn't get on very well because we we reacted very similarly to things. but. His death made me go, yeah, I can see why he thought that yeah. that comment was a funny comment when actually it upset everybody. <laughs> like, I could see yeah. something in his brain or why he didn't let that go and he thought that would be, you know. Yeah, totally. It does make you a little bit more sympathetic. So you're visiting him and yeah. he's starting to not be, mm-hmm. you know, really present anymore. So what, like,
2: were you there when he died? What? Well, yeah, so um, there was a bit of... um. My brother and I would text, which was the first time we ever really had sort of spoken, you know, actually communicated one to one. That wasn't in a sort of fight, um, <laughs> as children. Um, that that it was sort of on the decline. So I sort of went up, um, and then one week he was, he just didn't wasn't awake at all. And then the hospice was also very. I think they had sent him for some, like some palliative radiotherapy, right? Yeah, which was sort of meaningless. And he'd had to sign a DNR in the ambulance, which also made it, you know, really present. And then he sort of just began to shut down from that. And I did find, to me as well, I was like, yeah, it's a hospice, so this is this is the end. I remember one thing: people had sent cards, which I was thinking, <laughs> why do people send cards to hospices? I unless there's going to be some real heartfelt message. I don't know because it. I wonder what it made him think because he wasn't a sort of. Send cards, read letters, guy. And he never did any of that. He never sent them, you know, yeah, he wasn't yeah. interested. Birthday, like, forget it, he wouldn't remember. You know, that sort of person. Um, and you could never make him happy either. So if you got him something for his birthday, it would be wrong. But if you didn't get him anything, then nah. So I was like, well, don't send cards to him. There was one from <clears throat> one of my mum's German friends, which was, who's a doctor, it was, like, hilariously awful. It just sort of said, Oh, dear Mike, I'm so sorry that your last trip to Baden-Baden was the last one you will ever make in this world. But, you know, um, just ask for some more morphine and things will be over soon. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, my God. Wow. who do,
1: who you do go through some extreme sympathy, a German doctor? <laughs> I
2: know. And I was just a bit, like, reading it going, Oh, yeah, Doris, I remember her. And then I, I was like... Mm. Wow, thanks, Doris. But like, really Thank hammering you. it home. Don't believe this is the last fonds <laughs> you ever will have made.
1: But also, some helpful medical advice. Do take the morphine. Yeah, just have some more. Yeah. yeah. Um,
2: which he did have yeah. and did seem to enjoy. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. It which is the, things, I mean, easier. and I must say, the hospice stuff were amazing. Yeah. And I think it was just so much easier. I mean, they'd say, oh, you know, they'd wash him and stuff and they'd go, we'll, we'll go and give him some care, which obviously made me sort of weep because I was like, I can't do it. Yeah. But I want him to have it. Course, like, I didn't want course. to punish him, yeah. but I sort of just was waiting for him to suddenly go, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Mm. And he did, to Cicely, my wife, he did sort of say in the hospital weeks earlier, I'd have gone off with my mother to sort something out or put money in the car meter or whatever it was. And he sort of said, oh, mm, yeah, yeah, I suppose that was a bit, that was a bit shit at the wedding. And I was like, hmm, now say it to me. Yeah. But... Anyway, so it moves forward. So the weekend, I remember talking to one of the nurses and I was like, what's, what is happening? Yeah, what's going <laughs> and she's on? And she was like, well, I think it's sort of imminent. So, you know, and I was like, oh, I don't think I need to be here, but I need to know when it's going to happen. It's a long way. I don't live around here. I Because you know, my brother was only 40 minutes drive away in Manchester. It's not, you know, on motorway. It's nothing, really. And um, with lots of time off from work. Because, yeah. you know, if you're self-employed, nobody cares. Yes. yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, it was going to be the last. So I went up and I was like, I think it's going to be... This weekend, I sort of knew when I was driving up, totally knew. And then we're there and he's not really awake, but he's not, nothing's really changing either. Yeah. But then they moved him from a, a two-person room to a single room. Right. And that's like, yeah, that's heads da, up. Da, da, da. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the thing that I found very traumatic, along with all the unresolved emotional yeah. stuff, was that as... As the sort of time crept in, he began to look more and more sort of terrified. He was con- unconscious, basically, sort of dreaming. Yeah. But he would sort of looked like he was in pain. I go, is he in pain? Like, what's going on? And we were sort of sitting there, not really talking. And, you know, it's a lot of stuff that I, I then... It's in my show that my mum would bring this sort of packed lunch that would just drive me insane. She'd sit there eating. And I was like, oh, my God, when are you going to finish eating these crisps? Because <laughs> all you can hear yeah. is this wretched death rattle. Oh, God. And then my mum really slowly working her way through a pack of Quavers, <laughs> And it's like that's a lot to deal with i know and i was texting furiously because yeah. you know what i'm doing and i was texting texting sicily endlessly and then i sent the text to my mum's phone no because i was like my mother is you know she's taking my head in she's taking ages to eat these gravers like a massive long rant because i was getting it out right and i much prefer to yeah, just talk, get it out. type yeah. than talk actually and then i was like ah! when well, i saw where i'd sent it and i was like i need your phone mum Getting digging out of her bag and I was like, Don't I just, eh. and I said, I sent something that wasn't meant for you, and I don't want you to read it because it's, it's 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 private. She's like, Well, I wouldn't have read it, and I'm like, so would have done. Of course you would have done. Anyway, so I managed to get the phone <gasps> off her. Oh my god, thank God. And just like delete, delete, thank God for that. Oh uh, but then I did god. help myself to a choice text that she'd sent to my brother about me.
1: <laughs> and I was like, I didn't oh, say anything. you feel like you would have read it, yeah, and I'm gonna read yours. As yeah,
2: well. I did, and I read it, and I was like they just want to blame me for everything so okay, it makes me angry but okay, blame me for everything but I was like, you evil bitch how dare you, how dare you we're all sitting here texting everybody about everybody else (laughs) anyway, after that I then went out for some fresh air because I was like oh, Um, you know, and God, it was hard going home because also my parents' house, you know, I said the patio was never finished there was a lot of unfinished stuff there was a really old carpet and then, you know, the bath had sort of come through the the, the ceiling at one point and that had not been replastered right, and then there's yeah. bare plaster and it's like this half finished it was like a modern it's like modern day grey gardens it's yeah. the best way i could oh and it was filled with all of these books and i was like maybe we can get rid of some of these books and she's like i will read them again okay like, okay and she then started taking them to the hospice to prove me that she could read you know wow. five books a day oh my god <laughs> i was like okay um and then I went out for, after that text, I went out for some fresh air. And the g- grounds are really pretty there, you know, yeah. it's beautiful. Um, and Preston is quite a industrial northern town, it's grim. But then around it, you've got lots of lovely, pretty countryside, which is where this was. And it was spring, so it was April. Um, I think it was after Easter, I can't remember when Easter was that year, it was all a bit mm. yeah. um but you know, the flowers were out and there were some rabbits yeah. around and I was like that nice and then and I then I have a black cat who is until the twins arrive is obviously the love of my life. <laughs> yes. And then poor little girl will be relocated. <laughs> but I love her. Um and she's a very, very sweet cat. When I was sitting outside, just calming down and just feeling crap, a black cat appeared, Aww. and I was like, "Oh goodness!" And it was a sweet cat, and it came up to me, and I was like, "I think I better go back in." Wow. And yep, that was the that was the beginning of the end. A nurse came in the room, and she was like, "I think I think it might be it might be soon." And she said, "Shall I shall I leave you?" And we all went, "No, reason, <laughs> like, because we don't know." So yeah. she sort of stayed in the room, wow. and she was nice enough, but obviously she's a bit like. I mean, I see this literally every day. This is my day job. And his sort of breathing would sort of stop and start. And then he looked like his face contorted into such terror. Mm. You know, in um, Harry Potter, when the dementors come and suck (laughs) the soul, I swear to God, that's what it was like. And I was so like, oh, what's happening? Is this something really bad is actually happening? I don't really believe in any sort of life after death, but I f- found it very sort of stressful that he was fighting it, obviously. Yeah. But I know it's a body process and his mind, his mind is not engaged in it. But it was horrendous because we were all just there going, Uh, what's happening? Yeah. And then the nurse went, I think he's, he's, he's gone. And we went, when? But he had. Oh, my God. So then we were like, OK, go out of the room for a minute. We sort of go, whoa, 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 whoa. this is all awful. And then she goes. Well, you know, if you if you do, you want to just sort of. What do you want to do? I think we were in the room for a bit. I don't remember. I remember my mother and my brother were sort of handing, hovering over him. My brother was upset and crying. My mother was sort of doing whatever she does. It's a sort of strange. She doesn't always look like she's crying and things. It was an odd thing. And I was just sort of arms folded sort of at the, at the end of the bed just sort of going ah, I'm, again I'm not involved in this this isn't me mm. this isn't my family and it's all so stressful and that was the worst thing I've ever seen happen mm. and then they said "Oh, do you want to step out and we'll sort of get him ready and I was like yep yep yep, yep, yep. let's get some fresh air and um, and then one of the other nurses was like oh I'm sorry has, he, has Mike gone and then my mother went yes and I'm sorry he was so horrible to you all because he was I mean he would sort of and blind at them But she sort of felt the need to sort of go, see, it was him, not me. And I was like, oh, really, Mum? And then the Ness went, oh, well, you know, you wouldn't have had him any other way, would you? And all three of us just went... Um, <laughs> do you know but if you're going to put it like that at yeah, this well, moment, yeah. right if, now?
1: C- what Could
2: we? Is that an option? Because we didn't know that was an option. we a bit like, um... Yeah. You know, and I, do, I think he wasn't very nice to my mother either, which explains a lot of her madness. And I I was like, yeah, I, I just wish the nice version of him, which did exist mm. plenty, I wish he'd been like that all the time. Yeah. But he wasn't. And likewise, his death was so sort of... It felt like that could have been more peaceful... And so then we go back into the room and, you know, they sort of, they
1: sort of do put, things to them. on or yeah, something yeah, and, and yeah. lay them
2: out, that ritual. Um, and put some flowers. But they sort of moved his head back and had his mouth open and he already looked sort of shriveled and dead. It was Ooh. very weird. Like, you'd go, whoa, we've just been out of the room for, I don't know, was it five minutes or was yeah. it two days or something? It's really weird. It's that really weird if you grey. haven't
1: seen one to see a dead boy. Like, because you... Again, that thing of, like, you see them on films, so you think, oh, it looks like that. It's like, no, because that's obviously someone with their eyes closed. Like, to see someone actually not be there anymore. But he had
2: this sort of rictus of terror on them, and I was like, why have you done this? And then we sort of, we had to leave, and then they give us, like, some plastic bags of his stuff and his, you know, new dressing gown and slippers that I bought him to be there. And he sort of go home and sort of drive home and... um. Just sit there and then my brother's like, oh, how am I going to tell my children? And I was like, they won't, really, they won't know. They were quite little at the time. And again, I sort of wondered, lots of people who are our age have children already. Mm. And then that, I always, I assume, that might have made it feel better because you, you've got this other focus, you've got this other family. I sort of totally felt like the end of the line that day. Yeah. And again, completely isolated. And then I think, you know, I was like, well, I'm just going to drink this bottle of wine and... <laughs> And then I couldn't sleep. I was, went back with my mother and then I couldn't sleep in my charter bedroom because I generally couldn't. I had a yeah. crappy time when I was there. I don't want to be there tonight. My mother really does snore. And so I'd had to sort of come downstairs and sleep on the sofa and uh, just go, God, and you wake up going, oh, no, it did happen. Yeah. Oh, I really hope that was a dream. I just I would like to go back and do it differently. And the thing was, I was writing this thing at the time, a different thing for me and Miriam Margulies and then it it morphed into what became Bucket. because right, I, I
1: see, so it was different. It was same. a different
2: thing, yeah. I mean, in many ways, thematically, it was about two women who don't get on. <laughs> but uh, it turned and I was like, well, that's the, I, that's the story I'm going to need to talk about. I want to talk about difficult relationships and the attempt to resolve them. And obviously I made the mother character in my show not a father character. I didn't want it to be about mothers and daughters. And in many ways, I... During that experience, I didn't have a conversation with my dad. I was having to have it with my mother and taking lots of my anger with him out on her, but yeah. I was angry with her too. And so I, I sort of morphed it into that. But in that story, she wants to make things better. Yeah. Which obviously, my dad didn't. Yes, it was about so a mother s- and daughter doing a bucket list because she's dying. So right. I and I I was writing something different, and then I ended up doing that. And you made that character. Like you say, want to make things better. Yeah, she people say, Oh, is that what your real mother was like, was like not in any way And by the way, I'm not like that frat character either. I'm not a sort of forty year old history teacher virgin <laughs> quite. Um, <clears throat> but but I, and I it was the only way I could sort of deal with mm. it was like, right, I'm gonna write this thing now. And all of those emotions I then had again talking about traumas of cathartics get out. Writing it was tricky. Yeah, I was gonna say. Because just like <coughs> the um, the death, it was this sort of longish, drawn out period of uh, bad relations. Not with the script, but you know, you're writing thing. And then when they actually commissioned it, it was an incredibly short period. I actually only had three and a bit months to get it done. Wow.
1: Yes, fast. and then we're shooting
2: in winter, like ridiculously fast. Yeah. And you know they would, they they were going to always make it, so they should have just said yes in July yeah, when yeah. they had already decided to say yes instead of waiting till the meeting that they had to have in mid-September. Yeah, you know, yeah. I would have liked those two months, guys. It felt very similar. And it was the very yeah, similar... Of course. Sort of, same thing. Suddenly, this, your life is changing. Yeah. There's this whole thing <clears throat> to do. And um, I was trying to sort of exercise and talk about it. It was different, but the emotions are the same. You're trying to explain. You don't get on. And then I'm trying to... The character that I was playing is trying to go along with these things, but is furious. And then the mother is trying, ultimately, to make things better, but she doesn't really know how. So mm. they're much more sympathetic than me, <laughs> my dad, <laughs> I hope. But... I mean, the series on last year, but it's been and gone. But I have to say, the, the writing process was a bit stressful because it brought up, I realise now, these unresolved feelings. Mm. And filming it was super stressful. Yeah. There's all the stresses of doing it that yeah. have nothing to do with death. But then I think, I think a lot of people were not in the club right and so didn't quite understand that maybe that's why I was stressed yeah. why, that's why it really mattered when things didn't go right and we didn't really, get that scene yeah, I was like,
1: it's really hard people like and I was wondering this the other day like you can't request everyone's in the club no <laughs> but sometimes I really fucking wish you could like whenever I've done creative stuff about grief as well and or I've had meetings and stuff and I straight away I'm like so what's your experience of grief and they're like oh well I've still got my parents and I think well you're not gonna get quite where this is coming from and that sounds really harsh but it's just I've had to play scenes where someone's been my dad and I found that hard like I found it hard to walk out of a scene and someone's like oh you know oh I love you darling there being my dad and I turn around and see an old man who I've never experienced of course you never got to see him and that's made me feel sick and like sick and weird and panicky and like oh and then and that's in the middle of a sitcom I didn't even write, you know, and you have to be like, ha, ha, just going to go and have a sit-down. But I can't imagine when you've written it and it's based on your dad and there's someone saying the
2: things that you would have wanted him to say... Yeah, I mean, how did you get through that? Like... Well, I didn't really. I mean, <laughs> no. I'm not surprised. I'm glad, I'm glad, no, I'm glad it didn't work out. And it was well received, which was nice.
0: Yeah,
2: um, really well received. It did great. Yeah, it, it, it was good. And actually, you know, I must say that the director did say in one scene where I turn up at the hospital and I think she's dead, she did say, well, this is a, can everybody shut up? This is a emotional scene for Frog. And I was like, okay, they do get it, but. Previous to that, I felt like nobody's getting with this. So and then when they would change things, it also felt exactly the same as my life is being changed beyond my control. And I remember talking to somebody else about it sort of during the process. And they're like, Well, yeah, but why, you know, don't they get on? Like, no, no, no. (laughs) You have to understand that you can have all of these ups at my dad's funeral, which was very quick. I sort of had to phone up. I was like, I'll do that. And then, okay, if you, so my dad's died. to the funeral yeah. doctor. What do we do? And they took over. Um, and it was in, you know, it was in like sort of 10 days later, which wasn't really long enough. And he didn't... He'd fallen out with all of his surviving family. Ugh, don't know what happened there. I mean, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. um, and then we had to have it at my mother's church. And that was all very odd. But I remember sort of going in just going, oh, this is awful. And having to sing a hymn and I couldn't. I just couldn't mm. sing. I was just gonna cry. It was awful. That thing's going blah, 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 blah. and sort of thinking, but I'm angry, so I'm upset and I couldn't stand them. But obviously you do that I mean that's what unconditional love is, isn't yeah. it? It's not that you like them and you forgive them. No, you know. It's just that irrespective of all of that shit you just do, yeah, because that's the sort of biological programming. So I think that's the thing I did learn about what unconditional love probably meant. Yeah. It didn't mean, I'll whatever you do, I'll always be there for you. No, It was more like, I might not be there for you at all. It's just <laughs> that we are connected in this way. Yeah. So yeah, that's weird. And then driving, the day after he died, actually before the funeral, I was driving back and About a thousand missed calls from my voiceover agent who was like, Oh, we've got this thing for you tomorrow. And obviously, I haven't called back. So, eventually, I stopped at the service station and went, Yeah, my dad just died. Yeah, because, I mean, they did know what yeah. was happening. <laughs> um, they're like, Oh my god, I'm so sorry. And I was like, Well, do you know what? I'm, I'll go in and I'll do it. And that was the best thing to go in. And I had to sort of, you know, do a sorted, I had to sort of say the lyrics to a popular song. I'm not sure I can tell you what it was. Um, and um, In various accents. I had to sort of give my Jane Horrocks and I had to do all of this. And then that spaced out feeling of going, you want to say, hey, Jeanette, oh my God, my dad died. You know, anybody else here in the club? Is there anybody (laughs) I can tell? No, okay. No, I know, I'll do it. Headphones on, woohoo. And you just have all of that insane energy.
1: Yeah, it's weird. It does, yeah. It's just a very weird time, isn't it? And I think if you do like being in control and also, when you're self-employed, you're not in control. So Mm -hmm. there's another big bone of contention, like your life is already out of your hands the whole time. So control becomes a very valuable asset and something to hold on to. So I think when you are grieving, which is just so weird and there's no control, anything that's like, do you want to do a job that feels normal, that is a thing that you do? You're like, yes, please. (sighs) Yes, I will do that because I will feel human in a way that everything else doesn't. And I completely understand because I think if you don't get it, people go oh you didn't like him why are you upset and it's like it's just not that's why i'm upset yeah that's why i'm upset (laughs) because we didn't get on because i didn't like him or i wish we had or in a way i did understand him and you can cry and be furious at exactly the same time and perhaps that's one of the things that happens after death that you realize that i think maybe emotions sometimes if you haven't you know you think oh it's just sadness or anger but grief is is both of those things at exactly the same time. Yeah. And I would argue unfortunately well not unfortunately but you're going to find this out anyway that having a child is exact you can hate them and love them at exactly the same time yeah. because you're like I can't believe you're still screaming even though I've done everything possible and you nothing is pleasing you yet of course I of course I still absolutely love you and will do anything for you.
2: Well one one cre- weird thing. So when you go to the scans there was, um you know, they, they're hard to get, they, these, they're these they both boys and touch wood, they're not born yet and touch wood everything goes okay, yeah. right? But um at the scan there's one has got such a pretty face like such a perfect <laughs> pretty baby face and we're like, oh look at that. And then the other one was kicking like furiously and I went oh my god, that's my dad's face. He had the profile of my dad which is <gasps> oh, likely oh, I suppose and god. I was just like <gasps>
1: yeah but
2: it's probably in my head um so that's weird isn't it yeah that is
1: weird (laughs) when you get faced with that and my one of my nephews is quite similar to my dad as well oh really you know he's half japanese that's very odd to see like a japanese version of my dad yeah but you do i think i don't know i found it quite healing because again there's a compassion of like But they're just a child, they're not. So you start seeing maybe the personality or things that are triggering, as they say these days. You're like, oh, that's what my dad would have done. But you see it from a child's point of view and how they don't mean it or how they're just trying to figure out what to do. And I found it quite sort of, yeah, healing in a way to go, it doesn't mean you're going to behave the same way that he did. No. Because I'm here to love you.
2: Yes, it was a whole different experience. Yeah, and
1: I think as we said about not knowing what people went through, The more I've learned about my dad's childhood, the more I sort of thought, yeah, it was pretty weird, wasn't it? Like, there was pretty, like, I'm not surprised sometimes that you thought some behaviours were acceptable.
2: I also didn't really know that my dad had had quite a major car accident when he was 18. Wow. Because he'd lost, I know he didn't have any teeth, like false teeth at the bottom because, you know, his jaw had broken. Wow. But then he'd had head injuries too, and I was like, yeah, um, maybe, I mean, but then it didn't make me sort of go oh, that's okay then. Yeah, yeah. It always made me go, ah, right, do better, do better. But, you know, there are sort of things that you go, I suppose everybody, you just hope every generation gets slightly better at it. Yeah, I think that's all you can hope. And I must say, the other twin did have a cute face. It's just, <laughs> at that moment, it was just looking like it was like, yeah, ah, scrunched yeah, up yeah. in rage. But yeah, the club thing, I have to remember it too. And other people go, th- somebody else's, you know, dad has died recently. And part of me is like, well, you know, now you know, mm. which probably sounded incredibly unsympathetic. <laughs> because But then there's also the thing of going, well, somebody's lived a very long life. My dad was um, 68 and then 69 when he died, which isn't short. It's yeah. not cut down in your prime yeah. as such. But his failure to sort everything out and never paid the mortgage. Yeah. And not sorting anything out sort of left a legacy of unfinished business that also made me feel I don't have very long. It made me think, I need to do everything now. So I wrote that series and it got made and that's great. (laughs) And one of the things that was very nice was that I got lots of letters from people. Lots. From people who like, I'm dying. And I watched it with my family and we liked it. And one guy going, oh, um, my daughter and I never really got on. And um, it made me, you know, it was... But there were people actually more in the business than viewers you know go to a meeting with and they'll be like oh yeah no, yeah no and you go oh you didn't get it at all yeah because you're not in the club and you don't have a complicated relationship yeah, with your parent yeah so I think you know even if you did have a the perfect relationship with your dad or mum
1: whatever like there's still there's always there isn't it doesn't exist there's always a complication however small or ginormous it is and I think once you're in the club and you know you're about to have kids obviously mm. you don't have kids at it, it that's absolutely fine. It just things, life events change your perspective. And as you get older, I yeah. think, as I get older and nearer the age my dad was when he died, I of think course, that also that makes you weird. sort of think, oh, I can see why maybe he was frustrated with that. Or, you know, was that time when you were a kid, you're like, what's wrong with you? Your life's perfect. Like, you just grown up, you go to work, everything seems fine. Yeah. It's just It's hard to understand them a lot of the time. They are, I say this, a lot, me and my brother say it a lot, like, they are just people. They're yeah, just people making shitty mistakes. And was your all dad? Your dad
2: was quite young, wasn't he? He was forty-four. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's yeah. in the sights. Yeah. And he had children young then, huh?
1: Um, yeah. I guess they were that generation though. Where I'm, like my mum always says, "I can't believe by the time I was your age, my kids were at school." <laughs> and you're like, "Yeah, different, different times." Yeah. Affordable housing. Yeah, exactly. Less opportunity. Free education. da, yeah. Calm it down. So, have you had any counselling?
2: No, I am. Um, I mean, you know, when you leave the hospice, they give you the bag of stuff, yeah, and they go, "Oh, and here's a, like, are you interested?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." I always think I'm going to try, and I've, I have tried in my life a couple of times mm. to see a therapist. I am not very patient. You know, the thing of going, "Yes, no, I've been through that." Yeah, <laughs> like, can we just move it forward? And then I, I've tried. And I did sort of try doing an online one, you know, oh, sort of yeah, yeah. but it just wasn't very good. And people were a bit like, hey, just think about it differently. And I practically need to sort of write in capital letters. I have tried thinking about <laughs> it differently. And then one, one person did sort of say, um, I think you probably need some sort of PTSD thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I don't think I really figured it out that I was properly traumatised. Mm. By my childhood, yeah. by his death... And then going through a sort of creative thing that was, you know, traumatic as these things are, but linked to a big trauma, like totally did my head in. Yeah. And so I haven't had any... I have tried really abortively a couple of times, but but nothing. I think it's
1: really... I mean, like, as I always much. say, I didn't get it till very, very late. And I tried several times. And again, I, as my mother says, have, um. what does she always say? I mean, suffer falls very badly. Mm. And I had a couple of ladies who as soon as the head tilt and that voice began and I honestly was like fuck you yeah <laughs> fuck you and then one lady's eyeliner was so awful I couldn't like it was like you know when you're like it's like a butt it was obviously meant to be on her eye but it was like above the eye and one was longer than the other like tried winged tips but oh god and so the whole time I was talking I was like what's happened here girl like what have you seen it it's so bad that it's like I feel like I can't get past your eyeliner. Yeah, and then I thought maybe I'm not ready to talk if all maybe I can focus on. Maybe she had terrible eyeliner. She, I mean, it was appalling, and some some of her friends should have told her. But then I, <laughs> I do also think. It's like relationships. I really did shop around, and then when I found the right person, I very much knew, and I kind of hounded this woman. She tried to; she was very senior,
2: and she tried. Was she to, a therapist, which is someone you like? <laughs> like the, yeah, no, the sound of. Um, she seemed sympathetic, and yeah. she's like, "I'm a landscape gardener."
1: Maybe <laughs> be don't know what you want, but your garden looks lovely. Um, yeah, no, she was a psychologist, and she tried to. She was like, oh, "I'm very busy, but you can come see this other person." And I went to see the other person. I had a row with him in within two minutes, mm-hmm. like. A record, even for me, I was like, wow, I'm impressed. Though. Yeah, I'm like, ah. and I, I remember rowing with him. And you know, if you know you're an argumentative person, you know what you're doing. And I knew he wasn't, he couldn't cope with what I was doing because he was like in the middle of a row. And I could see he was thinking, How did this happen? And I thought, If you can't catch me out yes. within a minute because I came in here fully ready to row, <laughs> yeah. I needed you to shut this down. And she, yeah she's amazing I've been very loved. but I do think it has to be the right time and I do think you have to find the right part like some people if someone drives you mental as soon as you sit down next to them
2: they're not for you well, I think also I realise <clears throat> um, that I have pursued for a long time um, a relationship sorry not really like professionally, all sorts of things with people who won't I want them they're wrong yeah. and I then want them you know so executive producers and people like that where you go hmm this you're critical of me for no good reason like my dad why am I going after that men and women and I'm just like hmm I rather than just move on and let that go I'm now going to pursue this (laughs) in the hope that one you will fall to your knees and say you were right frog I have behaved badly and they never never do and it's the same with sort of therapists you go in a couple of times I'm like no, now I have to, you know, I have to sort of pursue this to explain why you're a bad therapist rather yeah. than be therapised. Yeah, yeah. But that's good that you're aware of it. I'm aware of <laughs> it now, but there's a lot of money wasted <laughs> <laughs> of me trying to get people to sort of, but yeah, you. I mean, I guess you just replay that relationship, yeah. don't you? And I always go, God, where is the therapist who would just go, see what you're doing there? Yeah. And it's all going to be different this time. But
1: yeah, I think that's the thing is there isn't. No, there isn't. Although I, I definitely with my my lady, as I call her. So you got her in the end. I def, yeah, I did, and and I, it's made a huge difference. Do you still see her no? Yeah, I do. I still so see how her. How long has it sort of been? Just over a year, so not very long. Or maybe, okay. Yeah, maybe a bit. Yeah, over like a year and a half, <laughs> um, with gaps because obviously I had a baby, so yeah. I'd have a, a bit of a gap. And she's very understanding about me being like, I've got a gig, I can't come in. Um, but I have found it extraordinarily helpful but I do think she's very good because she's the first person who said things that again because I have a bit of a short temper and my brain is quick she outquicks me brilliant and so she'll be like no I'm not saying that I'm saying this and I think ooh I didn't oh I didn't think of that oh shit oh yeah that is a good point oh yeah and I feel like she kind of she doesn't get, because I think when your brain is quick and when you're trying to avoid things, it's all minutiae. It's like, no, because of this. And I'm upset because of these tiny things. This is this, this. And she's very good at being like, that's all bullshit.
2: Mm. What
1: about what's over here? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I was ignoring that. Yeah. And I was getting plugged in over here. And I thought we could talk about this for an hour. <laughs> so I didn't have to go and talk about the fact that I'm sad and I feel vulnerable. And that's actually yeah. what the anger is
2: hiding and the defense. You know, all of that stuff is always. But again, that's the club, isn't it? You want to go, yes, I'm angry and frustrated about this. And yes, I'm absolutely like wild with rage because somebody's cut me up in the Sainsbury's car park and I'm wild with rage that you haven't yet chosen the music track that I wanted for that scene (laughs) and I'm absolutely fucking furious that I have to explain things to you a zillion times or whatever it is and you sort of go but that's because I'm dealing with something.
1: Yeah I'm really sad Yeah. I'm sad and that's trying to work, trying to let that out when you're very good at controlling it that's what I found is like I'm you know I've got so good at like putting it very very deep
2: there. and trying to control it I mean I think yeah. a lot of what the creativity side of it putting in these is because you're trying to I think part of the thing I realised I was trying to come up with a different ending yeah of course which I can't yeah so you know it's difficult and then I think you know when you tell people oh well this was a real thing or um, people still don't get it until they're in the club yeah yeah they don't,
1: and and what? I'm good, really good in a way. Like I used to feel annoyed about it, and now I think, good. I don't want you to know. Like, enjoy your life in that field, wherever you think mm. the worst thing that happens is like you didn't get a job or something. Yeah. Or that like, you 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 think you can imagine what it's like for someone to die. You're like, great, stay there. So you're coming up to. So it was April he died. Yeah, yeah. So you're coming up to what would it be now? Fourth? It will be the fourth. So it'll be the fourth anniversary. Yeah. Yeah. And so,
2: I, the first anniversary was. Strange, I sort of, you know, in the first sort of year, I took it upon myself to sort of organize. We, were, I think, I said, "Oh, we should all go and stay in some big house in the Lake District before he died," knowing it would never happen, and mm. that sort of vaguely perked him up, actually. But it didn't happen. Like all things that he would plan, never happened. Um, and then, for what would have been his seventieth birthday, mm. I did book this. Um, Well, it wasn't leadership, but because of my brother's children, we went to centre parks, which is great if you're a child. (laughs) Yes, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But, you know, it was okay, some sort of family gathering. Yeah. I, I... I do have safety in numbers slightly, the more people that are there. Yeah. I've always been a group person. I'm not really so keen on one-to-ones. So <laughs> I just, like, surround me with loads of people. And then I, I think that's also with the therapy thing. I'm like, ah, this is too intense. i firstly got to show you that I'm quite funny and I can be clever and I yeah. get things and this is my love. And I've got all these sides to me. So once you know that, then we can talk. Yeah. And it felt too sort of intimate. But um, And then, yeah, the first the first anniversary, second anniversary, I, I, I remember, and I think I was working on one of them, you know, so you're like, ah, God. Um but last year I didn't I didn't I didn't remember it. Yeah. It at
1: happens, the time. Yeah. And then
2: I sort of was like, oh God, yeah. And it felt so far away. Yeah. But because I it's and that's actually that is more or less when when Bucket was on. Right. So right. I was thinking about that and I was sort of freaking out about that. Yeah, yeah. And I was imagining all the nasty things he would have said about it, mm. whilst also probably liking all the rude jokes for sure. Yeah, that yeah. would have been his thing. So I did sort of think about him, but not on the day. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, it'd be in a couple of weeks. And this year I have gone. Oh yeah, that because I was thinking, oh my, my babies will be born maybe. Yeah, yeah. So, and then I then it will replace that. Yeah. With.
1: You know, big life events. Yeah, I quite like <laughs> having yeah. Something nice in that month I think can be quite helpful. Yeah. So it's not just the month. It's like, oh, it's the month of this and that. Yes. So uh, yeah, that's I think that's good. So your babies will hopefully I hope a so. month and then it won't be just so looming with a, that anniversary. But I think it really every year is different. There's no there's no as ever with grief. There's no right or wrong. No. Some years it's like the worst day ever and in other years you're like, Oh It's today. I've completely forgotten and it's 8 o'clock at night. Like, oh, okay. So I think you just have to go with how you're feeling at that moment. That's all you can do. Mm. And just, yeah, try and be easy on yourself. And you have got a huge thing about to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So your life is going to be turned upside down in a really really nice way. Completely changed. Yeah. That's definitely, I have to say... Someone tweeted me about this when I said I was pregnant on the show. They were like, oh, be warned, it's quite similar to grief. And I was like, what, how can how? having a baby be yeah. But what it reminds you of, I think, is your life being very out of your control. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a good prep if you are someone who's had grief and then is about to have a baby. It's like... They're very similar tones in that you feel very isolated. Everything's insane. You're not really sleeping properly. You feel like people don't understand. But instead of this huge absence, there's this huge presence. Yeah. So it's it's very similar, but
2: with a a much nicer ending.
1: Yes. Which is kind of what you wanted, right? <laughs> yeah, I know.
2: Exactly. Yeah. All of, I suppose you have that. Sort of dealing with medical professionals' nonsense, yeah, where sort of people tell you all different things. Oh, and you're yeah, like, you're right back in, you're in the <laughs> hospitals,
1: you don't understand what's happening, yeah. you're put into rooms, and, and you're right back in the should we about? Am I supposed to, what, you know, that feeling of yeah. not quite knowing all the time, but but I, then
2: you have a life rather than a death, yeah, to deal with. And two of them two are gonna them. make a lot of noise, <laughs> a lot well, of noise.
1: On that note, frog, thank you so much for coming in. Well, thank
2: you. I feel that was very um cathartic. Good, I'm glad. Yeah, it was. Okay.
1: Thank you. You can follow Frog on Twitter at Frogstone UK. Bucket isn't available to watch at the moment on iPlayer but you can watch clips from the series on the BBC website. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Griefcast, and you can email thegriefcast at gmail.com. Music was provided by the Glue Ensemble and the show was edited by Kate Holland with thanks to Whistledown Studios. And remember... You are not alone. Hold
0: up.